Welcome to What I've Learned So Far with Meg Letty. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of What I've Learned So Far with Meg Letty. I'm your host, Meg Letty, and I am so excited to share with you my journey from burnout to well-being and all of the small little things that I've integrated into my days um, to help me feel better and experience life in a whole new way. So when I sat down to think about what this first episode should be about, the very first thing that popped into my head was the word resilient. And the reason I say that is because when I was at my most burnt out, there was a big push to help healthcare providers be more resilient. And every single time I heard that word, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I would get so angry that somebody was telling me, me, who is showing up to work, sleep deprived, sick, um, I was showing up with a walking boot on because I fell down the stairs, they're telling me I need to be more resilient? No, that did not sit well with me. And that is the very first thing, kind of the elephant in the room that I want to address in the very first podcast here. Resilience is defined as the psychological capacity to adapt to stressful circumstances and bounce back from adverse events. If you are a healthcare provider that has made it through college and graduate school and training, you are resilient. There is no doubt about that. And I would like to add that if you're a parent on top of this, you are incredibly resilient. You are constantly bouncing back from stressful situations. So as I started my journey towards well-being and I started reading the research about well-being and resiliency, I just couldn't shake that resiliency just did not sit well with me. And then about a year into it, I read an article published by the Harvard Business Review. It was called The Dark Side of Resilience, and it pointed out that too much resilience may help focus individuals on impossible goals and make them unnecessarily tolerant of unpleasant or counterproductive circumstances. Let me say that again. It may focus individuals on impossible goals and make them unnecessarily tolerant of unpleasant or counterproductive circumstances. Um, I would say that is our every day in medicine. For years, we have tolerated a medical record that is counterproductive and also insurance companies that don't want to help practitioners care for patients. We have become resigned to our circumstances, and we've learned that fighting it doesn't help. It just makes us spend energy that we don't have. I was so excited that this article recognized that there can be too much resilience, and I think it spoke to me at my heart, and I finally knew why resilience was not what we needed. And I started thinking about it, and I understand why they're using the term resilient. I understand why they're studying it. But what I think they mean and what I have put out there is that we need a better baseline 
to function out of so that when we have stress, we come back down to a baseline that is not stressed. So when I present on burnout and well-being, I have a great slide that really represents this concept that I'm talking about. And I was trying to figure out how to describe this um, to y'all and really make it hit home. And I was walking downstairs last night and my husband was listening to this comedy guy on Netflix, I think it was. And it was this guy described it perfectly. So his wife was like, why do you go zero to a 100 in like three seconds and all of a sudden you're yelling? And he's like, I don't go zero to a 100. He goes, my baseline is 75. I'm only going 75 to a 100 before I lose it. And I was like, yes, that is what I'm talking about. We are functioning at a baseline of like, I don't know. I mean, when I was burned out, I was probably like 85 or 90. The littlest thing could make me lose my mind. I mean, literally, if the computer mouse didn't work or if the the keyboard was missing a T, you know, I mean, it was like the button had fallen off. I would lose my mind. I just didn't have any capacity. Now, I still was recovering from my stress. So, you know, I'd get called to a patient room for an emergency and I'd recover back to my baseline, but my baseline wasn't good. And I think that that is where we need to move the needle. That is where we can really feel better when we can figure out how to move this baseline. And so that is what this podcast is all about. It is bringing that baseline down to a point where you can handle your stress and you can handle life and you feel good. You don't feel bad. You feel like you have energy and have the capacity to do the things that you want to do and have fun and and enjoy life again. Because I was not enjoying life at all when I was burned out. In fact, Dr. Brian Sexton, who is a PhD and the director of the Duke Center for Healthcare Safety and Quality, says that burnout at its core is the impaired ability to experience positive emotion. And this for me was so true. Back in 2017, we went on a trip to Lake Lure in North Carolina. And we hadn't been on a trip in a while. We were trying to save to do some renovations to the house. And so it was a very quick trip. And we were in the car and I belly laughed. I mean, I let out a hearty laugh and Everybody in the car fell silent, my husband and two kids. And I was like, what, what What? just happened? What? Why is everybody so quiet? And they said, Mom, we haven't heard you laugh in so long. And I was like, that's not true. I laugh. And, and they were like, no. And my husband very seriously was like, no, you don't. And that was probably one of the things that tipped me off that I was severely burned out. I couldn't experience joy. I wasn't feeling, I wasn't living. I mean, I was not feeling all of the feelings. I was kind of going through life, not feeling the highs nor the lows because I was protecting myself from everything and thinking that that was, that was a good way to live because in medicine, I had to protect myself. I was working with patients that would die and I, I didn't want to feel all of the feelings surrounding that. And so I had walled myself off and I had no idea that the protective mechanism that I had put in place to train in medicine and learn everything I needed to learn and show up every day was contributing to my burnout. 
So all of my podcasts will be about tips for well-being. But before we get there, I want to do a little education to give you guys a foundation about how your brain works and what we're dealing with so that we can build off this and you guys can understand more about why burnout happens and then the neuroplasticity that we can grow and use to our advantage to overcome burnout. So Christina Maslach has built her career off of studying burnout. She's a PhD um, out of uh, Berkeley, and she characterized burnout with three pillars. One is depersonalization, one is inefficacy, and one is emotional exhaustion. And when I was my most burned out, and I kid you not, this is pretty awful, but when you talk about depersonalization, especially in cardiothoracic surgery, a nurse would come to me and be like, oh, you know, the chest tube's putting out a bunch of blood. And I would say, I kid you not, all bleeding will stop. And that's terrible. I mean, that's completely depersonalizing the patient. But that's where I was. Um, you know, I would get a page about pain and I would say, you know, pain never killed anybody. And I've got a patient, you know, that's ready to code down the hallway. So, you know, you I was trying to categorize things, but I was definitely I mean, the patients were not people to me. I had completely depersonalized patients um, in efficacy. I remember just feeling like I was a cog in the wheel and that nothing I did really mattered um, at work or at home. I just I just felt like I could I was just a cog that you could pull out and replace with with somebody else. And it didn't really matter what I was doing. Um, and then emotional exhaustion. I mean, I remember walking into a patient's room postoperatively um, in the clinic, and I remember thinking before I went in, I have nothing to give this patient. I literally had nothing to give. And I was there. I mean, physically, I was there, but mentally, I was not. And I, I cannot give care like I want to give being that way. And that was another sign to me that I needed to change. I needed something to be to be fixed. So I definitely had had the the symptoms of all three of those pillars, but what I didn't understand and what was so unfathomable to me is I knew I was burnt out at work. I had no idea the insidious nature of burnout and how the fingers of burnout reached into every aspect of my life. So I went to the wellness ambassador training and there was a slide up on the the screen. And basically it went through this list of what burnout is associated with. And it said lower quality of relationships and mental satisfaction. I was like, yeah, my relationships completely suffered. I, I didn't want I didn't want to cultivate any relationships. I really did not want to be around people. I remember thinking like when I had to go to, you know, like a cocktail party or a barbecue or something, I just didn't want to talk to people because inevitably you get asked what you do. And then I would start explaining. And I remember, I I will never forget this. I remember somebody asked me, hey, like, do you want a beer? And I was like, no, I'm on call, so I can't have a beer. And they were like, well, what do you mean on call? And I said, well, you know, I can get called in for surgery, you know, like in the middle of the night. And they were like, why would anybody have surgery in the middle of the night? And I just wanted to throw up my hands completely exasperated because they didn't understand that it's the patient can't wait. It's an emergency. There's no waiting. And that was my life. And the fact that they couldn't 
understand why somebody was having surgery in the middle of the night. I mean, I, I literally, I kid you not, I just turned around and walked away. It was so awful. Um, but I, I just didn't want to cultivate any friendships because I was just, I was tired of, of having to define who I was and what I did and people didn't understand it and I didn't want to f- explain it and I didn't have the energy to explain it. So I just didn't have any friendships. And, you know, my husband said to me, when you walk in, I just walk out of the room. I just let you do your thing because he knew I was just a bear. My kids, I, I, and this was just so tough for me. My kids, when I would start speaking, would flinch because they would immediately think that I was going to yell. They had been so programmed to that mom is going to yell at me. Even if I opened my mouth just to say something calmly, they would flinch because they were so used to being yelled at. And that's really tough. And so I had no idea that my burnout at work was contributing to all of this relationship stuff that I was having at home. And then the slide went on about um, burnout is associated with depression, PTSD, and suicide. I mean, there were days, I mean, I I didn't have time to get to the doctor to be diagnosed with any of these, but there were days that I didn't, I could barely drag myself out of bed. Um, and PTSD, I mean, I definitely think I've had some PTSD over the years working in a cardiothoracic ICU and seeing things and experiencing things um, that were traumatic. I mean, really traumatic. Um, burnout is associated with traffic violations and accidents. I had a, a a traffic accident. I have never been in an accident in my life. And when I was my most burnt out, I slammed right into somebody. I was paying attention. I wasn't answering a page. I wasn't fooling with the the um, radio. I, I completely slammed into somebody. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Um, burnout is also associated with personal injury. At the same time, I kid you know, all of this was happening at the same time. I fell down the stairs. I had chicken in the oven and I went upstairs to change over the laundry and got lost in something else, you know, as you do. And I was, oh, I go, oh my God, the chicken. And I started running downstairs and my daughter called to me and I turned and right as I turned, I missed the step and I flew down the last two steps and injured my um, left ankle slash foot. Um, and I had no idea that burnout was contributing to all of this. And then um, the slide said depressed immune system, that burnout was associated with a depressed immune system. And again, all this is happening at the same time. I had had reflux for years and years and years. And I started taking more medicine and more medicine, more medicine over the years. And um, finally, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I no medicine was treating it. I had reflux all day long. I was really uncomfortable. They'd already treated me for H. pylori, even though I didn't even test positive for because they didn't know what to do with me. And so finally, they scoped me. And the doctor came out after the EGD and he said, I have never seen this in an immune competent patient. He goes, you have yeast in your esophagus. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, you have yeast in your esophagus. He goes, he goes, do you have HIV? And I go, I go, no. And and he was like, well, you, I've never seen this in a patient with an immune competent uh, system, uh, or a competent immune system. And it struck me because you know I was like, I don't understand. But now I do understand. I was under so much chronic stress that my immune system couldn't fight off the littlest thing anymore. And so burnout 
has fingers into every aspect of your life. And I had no idea. And so if you're experiencing these things and you have not put it together yet that it is due to burnout, let me put it together for you. If you have had a personal injury, a car accident, um, and you're burnt out at work and you're having weird rashes or things that you can't explain, guess what? It's because you're burned out. And so we need to right the ship and get get this um, baseline level of where we're functioning, our chronic stress level down to a new baseline. And that is what I'm here to help you with. So now that you know that burnout can affect your whole life, I want to give you some basics about the brain because the brain is central to all of this. So our brain has not evolved as quickly as technology and our culture and environment has evolved. We are dealing with a brain that is still keeping us alive, meaning back in the caveman days, when you were running away from a saber-toothed tiger, your brain is programmed to see all of the negative, meaning is another saber-toothed tiger flanking me from the left? Um, Like, is there another animal that's going to come out and eat me? Is there a snake I'm going to step on? And you're all you're looking for is to run away and be safe. You're not going to notice the pretty little flower on the side of the path that you're running right past. Your brain is not programmed to see the good. It is programmed to see the negative. And this is reinforced by our medical system as we are training. We are programmed to see what is the worst thing that can happen to your patient. And you are trying to prevent that from happening. This is good for the patient, but really bad for the provider. Have you ever heard the term, what fires together, wires together? So synaptic connections in our brain, when they're used a lot, they get really strong. And so us seeing the negative is a super highway in our brain of connections. The highway for seeing the positive is very small. It's like this little path in the woods that's barely visible. And that's because we are not wiring these connections. And this is the basis of well-being. In my mind, We have to rewire our brains. And the greatest thing about this is that our brains can rewire. There's this thing called neuroplasticity, and we can absolutely build these new connections so that our brains literally experience the world in a different way and see opportunities that we literally could not see before. And so this is the basis of a lot of what I will talk about And it all comes back to science. It all comes back to how our brains are wired. And your brain is going to take the easiest superhighway, right? So if we have a superhighway of negativity, that is where we are going to stay. If we build the connections on that path of positivity, and I that word is a little hinky to me, but it's very true. If we build the positive connections in our brain and make them the superhighway and not the path of negativity, then our brains function in a completely different fashion. And opportunities will present themselves that you could not see before because our eyes will focus on the negative. There was actually a study done on this for burned out people that 
They were presented with positive images and negative images. And guess where their eyes immediately went when they were burned out? To the negative images. That is what our brain is programmed to do right now. And that is where we need to start. And so I thought I would give you um, all of this in the first podcast so that we can all start building together with the knowledge of what burnout is, how it affects our entire life, and then the neuroplasticity of the brain and why we're functioning with a brain that has an outdated operating system and we need to update it to a new operating system in order to function in the world that we live in today. So guys, this has been so much fun for me and I can't wait to do this every week with you guys and help you on your path to an amazing, amazing life. Thank you so much for being here with me today and taking the time to listen. And I will see y'all next week.